What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Carolina Talk Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Turner. Got a special guest back on the pod today. Excited to have him back on. Uh, Brandon, too, here to talk some UNC basketball. UNC sitting at 4-1 in the ACC right now. And, you know, Brandon, I was trying to get a pod in this week. Got a little busy. I, I usually try to get them out by Friday, but had some things come up, so wasn't able to get it out. Um, but had to get one. Got to get out. Got to get one out at least every week, man. That's my motto. Going to keep doing that. Trying to get two out, but you know, with the thick of basketball season, it's tough sometimes. But Brandon, how you doing, my man? Had to get get you back on, and dude, I'm excited to have you back on the podcast tonight. Yeah, I appreciate that, Jake. It's been an interesting start to ACC play, but uh, nah, it, you know, it, I guess it is what it is in terms of. The games that's happened so far, but look, if you're four and one in ACC play, and and you're starting ACC playoff like that, I mean you're doing something right, and, and you put yourself in a position to challenge for an ACC regular season title. Yeah, exactly, and it's it's one of those things where some I'm getting a little sense from some Carolina fans that they don't think um, the Tar Heels are playing that good this season. And I mean, when you look at the record, fourteen and four, like you mentioned, four and one in the ACC. I mean, that's a that's a good start. It's a really good start to ACC play. I know we predicted on the last podcast, Brandon, um, before ACC play even started was the last time I had you on. I think it was right before. And yeah. we predicted that I think both of us thought Carolina would go 5-0. and And looking at what they did, I think 5-0 and was a very reasonable target. It just it didn't, it didn't happen because of that Louisville game, really. Because the hardest game was State. I don't care what anybody says. The hardest game on paper was State, and they handled yeah, that easily. Course. You know, yeah. but. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that Louisville game, Brandon, and what you oh. saw in that one. Because, Brandon, I was there. It was not a pretty one. Um, it was a frustrating one. It was a, it was just a weird game. It, it, I hadn't seen a game like that all season. I hadn't seen a game uh, like that really maybe since the Texas A&M game last season when Carolina was just, just beaten on the court. So what was your thoughts on that Louisville loss? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned being in the building. If I had paid for a ticket to watch that game, and had gotten halfway through the half. Like, I don't think I've ever, like, turned off a Carolina game mm-hmm. or not wanted to watch the end of a Carolina game. I'm trying to, like, think back to when I might have turned the game off. Like, they lost to Duke by, like, 325 one time. Mm-hmm. I almost, like, turned it off one time. But, no, I, I was this close to turning the game off. And I if I had bought a ticket to that game, I might have walked out, like, halfway through the Yeah, because it really wasn't even a game, you know? Yeah, no, it really wasn't, and and that was the most frustrating part. Is I mean, I don't know if you if you remember me saying it, but I, I went back and listened to the podcast that we did that we did earlier and before ACC play, and I remember on that podcast saying I just have a strange feeling that they're going to have a letdown somewhere, and I don't know where it came from, but I just I had a strange feeling it might happen, and I didn't expect it to be at home though to Louisville. I think they I said they might have a a strange letdown to a team like Louisville, but you never expect that loss to happen at home. And if you look at all the national champions and all the championship contenders throughout the years, nobody loses at home like that. No. But I will point out that it's almost guaranteed one time a year that a game like that's going to happen where they just get blown out. Mm-hmm. Like the Florida State game in 2014 – I mean that that was so bad. They were yanking starters off the off, off the court. That's and, what that game just, reminded me of. That's exactly yeah, what Roy that game reminded me. Playing, yeah, he was just playing walk-ons. Like that's what that game almost 
Yeah, that's what it almost reminded me of was that game. I don't think I've seen them play that poorly. That was the last time I've seen them play that poorly. And so, I mean, it happens, and it shouldn't have happened. And Roy was was very upset. You could tell on the broadcast he was upset. I'm sure you could tell at the at the Smith Center that he was upset. It was obvious he was upset. But, I mean, those, those games happen, and... I'm almost glad they bounced back and didn't blow out Notre Dame and Miami. You know, they were tough wins mm-hmm. because this team needs to get a little tougher. Yeah. And and that's just that's just matter of fact and that's just where it comes down to is this team needs to win games like that in in tough ways when they're not making shots because that's how you win ACC regular season titles. That's how you win NCAA tournament games. You're not going to blow out every team by 20. Everything's not going to come easy. you you got to be able to win games ugly, like Boy has said before. Yeah, and, and that's what they failed to do against Louisville, Brandon. And one thing that's been kind of a hot topic about Carolina is some people, you know, being in the media room, some people, are, you know, kind of bringing up the point that is, is Carolina a team this year that if they're not – I mean, obviously – Roy always says it when the ball goes in the basket, everything looks better, you know. But is this is this Carolina team? A lot of people have been asking if this Carolina team has the ability to win games ugly, and they've showed that in the past couple games in the ACC. Um, Notre Dame, particularly, you know, Carolina was from behind in a lot of that game. Um, yeah. So I think Carolina's improving a little bit, but that Louisville loss was just—it was a weird game, and, and it, like you've said, Brennan, it happens. It seems like it happens every year for some reason. Not every year, but. A lot of the years when Carolina maybe isn't as talented as when they in those years when they compete for a national title, um, it, those losses tend to happen. So, Brandon, let's go back to the start of ACC play. Carolina opened up with those two wins uh, on the road to Pittsburgh and NC State. Can you can you you know transport your mind a little bit back in that time? It was about two or three weeks ago now, and get back in that mindset and just let me know what you thought about that the, those two wins for Carolina because they started off with really um, some good performances on the road against uh, a decent Pittsburgh team that has started a little find a little bit about themselves and play a little bit better basketball and the NC State team that uh, is just kind of winning some losing some too so looking back on those wins Brandon how impressed uh, were you with North Carolina and those two road in, in those two road games I mean, I think I remember saying they're improved. I don't know if they're better. They're going to have, like, a lot of wins in the ACC. But, no, this Pitt team, I like where this Pitt team is at. And, quite frankly, they're they're just – I mean, I'm going to go ahead and contradict myself from, from the previous podcast. They're, they're just a better team than what they were. And I think ACC play has proven that because they've played – good opponents in the ACC and won. And the ACC is tough to get victories in. And so when Pitt is doing that to certain teams and they're, and they're just playing tough and, and Xavier Johnson is playing well and Trey McGowan's dropping 30, I they're going to win games because they're just, they're, they're different this year. They're yeah. tougher. And, and what they, what Carolina did to that team was surprising. Like, Carol, I mean, uh, it was only a 15-point win, but they dominated that game. They absolutely dominated that game, and Pitt was really never in it. And, and that was surprising that they went on the road and did that to a Pitt team that is just better this year. 
and, and a team that is giving other teams in the ACC who are really talented fits. And, and if you go back to the NC State game, I mean, Markel Johnson gets in foul trouble. Wyatt Walker gets in foul trouble. There's a lot of foul trouble for NC State during that game. And, and so, yeah, that helps Carolina out. And, and if you're a team, you got to put players in position to pick up those fouls. It, it's not like Carolina didn't drive the basket or didn't didn't you know get in, a, in an angle where you can force Wyatt Walker into picking up a foul. Like, that's part of basketball. But I can also say that Markel Johnson was reaching in when he had no reason to reach in, and then he's sitting on the bench for a lot of the, for a lot of the game, and it's just difficult for for State to do something when like a guy like Markel Johnson's not on the court, and obviously State shouldn't have lost to Wake Forest without Markel Johnson, but it shows how important Markel Johnson is, and you can't dismiss that Markel Johnson wasn't there for that loss. So for people to say that State isn't as good as they were supposed to be going into that Carolina matchup, and look what they've done since then. Like, well, I, I, you need to calm those those statements down because State's still a really good basketball team mm-hmm. with really good, talented players and ten guys who play all the time. And, and to do what they did to State was impressive. To put up that many points and just, I mean, kind of just put State in a, in a situation where they had to play defense and they couldn't. I mean, yeah, Braxton Beverly got buckets, but look, I, I've, I've heard people say that that dad motto, when he recruited Braxton Beverly to come to State, Braxton Beverly was supposed to be the next savior of, of Ohio State basketball. Like he mm-hmm. was going to be an absolute stud. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing it at, at State now. Mm-hmm. And he's not the only one who can play well for State. So there's a lot of talent in the ACC, especially with teams like Pitt and NC State. And it, it's kind of impressive that there's that much talent. And you go look at a team like Louisville, who just absolutely blows out Carolina. And then this weekend they blow out Georgia Tech, who I know isn't playing with Alvarado, but like Louisville is a really good team. So people just need to need to calm down on on, on I guess taking losses like, Oh well we only we only beat state by, by eight and we we scored ninety points but we gave up eighty two. Like if you're winning ACC basketball games in conference you're doing something right. It's hard to win in the ACC, and that sounds cliche, and it sounds like it's not true all the time because, I mean, you've said it before, Jake, you can lose any game. And so the fact that they went on the road and beat Pitt and then went on the road and beat NC State, I think those are really impressive wins. I just That that was really impressive start to the to ACC play. And the fact that they came home and did what they did to Louisville, it's surprising, but, yeah, it happens. Yeah, it happens, and you know, like I said, I've kind of said this year and, and kind of decided right now, based on what I've seen from Carolina, it's starting to trend upwards a little bit, but I think that Carolina's a team kind of similar to last year's where, you know, it's extremely likely that they just come up against a team in the NCAA tournament that's just bigger, th- bigger than them because, I mean, Brendan, Sterling Manley's been out for, what, six games now, I think, straight, um, and so really their only big man options are a Garrison Brooks that's improved but it's still not a guy who's going to go down there and score big points every night you know grab you a ton of rebounds an elite scorer type like they've had in the past down low um but besides him you've got Luke May who's more of a a stretch four who'd rather kind of be on the outside I think more than he'd rather be down low and and, and we've noticed that big guys have given him problems like yeah oh yeah Alexander pointed 
out on the Miami broadcast, like big guys have given him problems in the mm-hmm. past, and that's just, that's just a matter of fact. Yeah, exactly, and it's and, and then you've got besides Luke, I mean, all you've got is Brandon Huffman, who I mean, let's face it, hasn't played a lot. It is steadily improving a little bit, but was always a guy who was going to come in and be a project. When Brandon Huffman gets on the court, man, it, it kind of gets a little hot. Like, it does, I, it does. I want, I want him to do so well. And the yeah. last couple of times he's been on the court, like he's actually played all right, like like pretty well. Mm-hmm. And, and Roy, just, I, I just go back, like every time I watch him play, man, I just think about Roy making those comments about him being the best one-foot player in the ACC. Yes, yes, like, dude. I just wish Brandon Huffman could could find a way to get on the court. But look, he, he's vital for this Carolina team in, in certain aspects. Like he gives them a big man. Who I mean, he's in, he's energy off the bench if Roy needs to go there, and, and you can't you can't fault Brandon Huffman for that. But yeah, I mean, you're right about the options. I mean, what you got Nazir is like the the only other real option to play as a big man, but he's not really a five. Mm-hmm. I guess you could go to Leaky Black at the five. I've heard people say that, but like, I mean, I'm not I'm not really down for putting Leaky Black down there at the five position. I know Roy's done it this season, but I, I don't know if I'm if I'm for that. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with that. I think it's something where, you know, I think Leaky down low is interesting, but I don't think it's his best position. I mean, I, I like Leaky, don't get me wrong. I think he's done some really good things this year. He's a very solid option. But, um, you know, he's still a guy that is improving. And, and when it comes down to he's not going to get you a lot of points on a given night, but the good thing about a freshman in Leaky is he, he's not a guy who's going to come in and, and hurt you 90% of the time either. So that's always, I mean, and Roy always harps on having players like that. And, Brandon, one thing that I want to ask you next is, you know, the Carolina starts off two and one at ACC. That loss to Louisville was disappointing, but then you know they Notre Dame comes in in the Smith Center. That's an ugly game. Um, Notre Dame was probably the better team for at least over, I'd say, probably close to fifty percent of it. And then you know Carolina ends up finding a way late on. As your little has a little bit of a a stretch at the end of the game that kind of propelled Carolina and gave him a little cushion to to kind of float in on, you know, going into the final few minutes of the game. Get an impressive win in Chapel Hill. I mean, yesterday, and then and then they go down to Miami uh, yesterday and get a good win against a Miami team that uh, is, is undermanned, doesn't have a lot of depth, only playing about seven guys with some suspensions that are, I mean, we could talk about the NCAA all day, but we won't even get into that. Um, you know, and, and we've already had a podcast like that back a couple years ago, if you remember that, uh, talking about the NCAA and whatnot, but Brandon, they get a good win over Miami, and when it comes down to it, it's still a good win on the road against a Miami team that, you know, Chris Likes is a good player. They've got Azundu down low, who's a, one of the best offensive rebounders in the in the country, really, in the ACC and in the country as well, and it was a good win. And then, and then like you said, Brandon, Carolina's 4-1. and one. With that Virginia loss last night to Duke, everybody in the conference is 4-1, and one. so, you know, Carolina's tied for first right now, and some yeah. people are complaining about the start, so, Brandon... What do you think about the start overall? Just give me your kind of impressions on that. Right, and it just comes down to the Louisville loss looks really bad, and that's what everyone's going to point to. And, you know, they're going to be like, oh, well, look at what Enoch did. Like, Enoch absolutely dominated us. And, yeah, he did. But, look, if Tindu didn't do a whole lot against Carolina yesterday when against with Miami, like, he just didn't. And he's, like, really their only big man. I mean, look, you brought up the NCAA. If Dewan Hill, Dewan Hernandez, he, he changed his name. If, if he's on the court, he's an ACC, all-ACC player, um, 
probably yeah. first team All ACC. He's gonna be a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. Like if he's on the court, Miami's just better mm-hmm. because he's their best player, and that's just a matter of fact. Like I love Chris Likes, and Chris Likes is amazing. And when Chris Likes and Chris Clemens went went against each other, we got Campbell versus Miami. Like I couldn't take my eyes off that game because it's two like five seven point guards going mm-hmm. at it. But look, there's no question that Dewan Hill is is their best player. Like he just is. Yeah. And so, he, him being out hurts, and, and then not having other guys and only having seven scholarship players, it's just hard to win if, if you're Jim Laranega. Mm-hmm. And, and look, he's trying his best to like work in the minutes and, and keep that team fresh. But Corey Alexander on the broadcast pointed out, like when they got three minutes left in the game, I mean, the Zero Little kind of took over, and they just weren't. They weren't well-conditioned enough to, to pull that game out, and that's nothing against them. Mm-hmm. They're just playing a lot of minutes yeah. because you're playing seven guys. But that's what Larry Nagel wants to do anyway. Like, he wants to play that sort of game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure he wish he has, like, a couple of guys like like Hernandez. But for the most part, look, he's going to play a short bench. And Miami just wasn't ready. And, and, and that's not their fault. I mean, they played a really, really good game. Up until about three minutes left, like they were in that game. Oh yeah. Up until about three minutes left, and then the zero little. I mean, it was actually. I think it's the best he's ever played in a stretch. Like, yeah. He kind of just took over, and it was good, good for him. And he kind of did the same thing against Notre Dame. And John Mooney, John. Okay, look, I I heard some people complain about Luke May getting outworked and out rebounded, and even Garrison Burke getting out rebounded by John Mooney. Dude, I like John, John Mooney. Is a beast. I like I, I like John Mooney, Brandon. Dude, he just is like he like I he, I was watching the state Notre Dame game. The dude's making fifteen foot. He's he's facing up and making fifteen foot jump shots. Like like I don't like to say that guys are beasts unless they are. John Mooney is a beast. Mm-hmm. He he is a, a a prototypical Notre Dame big man. So yes, what he did against Carolina with the rebounds and the, and the points was was incredible. Like the amount of rebounds he had was insane. But if you're just giving it up to him and no one else is really rebounding the ball, you know, I'm okay with that. I mean, it, it happens. Mm-hmm. And for them to pull out a win like that and to be tough like that, I really, when I was watching the game, I did not expect them to win that game because I, I just didn't expect them to show that type of fight. Mm-hmm. And, they, and, they, and they did. And you got to give props to a team who's able to come back from that Louisville loss and, get a, and pull out a tough win like that. And yes, Notre Dame is down because they don't have Fluger, and it's got a bunch of young guys who are figuring out how to play basketball at the D1 level. But Notre Dame is a pretty good team, and Carolina handled them late when they needed to, and, and that's really what matters. And when it comes down to it, it's all about just getting up, picking up the dub and, and, and moving on. And I think that's what they did with these last two games. And I'm I'm actually really happy that that happened because now you you can look forward to a team like Virginia Tech, who I mean besides Virginia absolutely blowing the doors off them, Virginia Tech looks really good. They have, yeah. I mean, they've looked like one of the best teams in the country. Uh-huh. What do you think? Um, in terms of you looking at the ACC right now, obviously you've got like five six teams tied for for four and one in the conference. What do you think is gonna be? What do you think the record you're gonna need to win the ACC is gonna look like this year? I'm thinking, 
four losses at most, maybe yeah. is what's going to yeah. win it. I mean, you've already got only five games in, everybody with at least one loss. So I think teams can lose on any given night, and I think they will. What do you think that record is going to look like at the end of the season? Hmm. Well, I know that's a tough question, but. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm almost expecting Carolina to drop a, drop a few more. I'm almost expecting Duke to drop a few more, and it's not because Duke isn't good. Like, mm-hmm. Duke's just going to, they're young, mm-hmm. and that free throw shooting woes are going to gonna come back to bite them. So, I mean, when they get into certain situations, they're going to lose games that they're, that they're expected to win that, you know, it just happens. Like the Syracuse game. So the, yes, they lost Trey Jones, and, and that's, that's terrible for them. And, and, but at the same time, it's, I'm not even saying it's an, ex, it's an excuse because, look, I mean, people, like Carolina fans, people are like, oh, well, they're just making excuses, like, blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm the biggest Carolina fan. But I can, I can rationalize losing the best perimeter defender in the country and your point guard and not being okay. Like, mm-hmm. no matter if you have Zion and RJ, like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be okay. And especially not having Cam Reddish. Like, if Jack White goes over for 10, you're gonna lose that game. So, obviously, them losing to Syracuse is, is a surprise, but, like, I yeah. just, I don't see that many more losses except for, like, the couple surprises. Mm-hmm. So, maybe, I would say three. Like, I think I you think might Virginia, be right, yeah. Virginia gets three. Like, I don't see two teams more than two teams beating Virginia You're the probably rest right. of the year. Mm-hmm. Virginia's, Virginia's an animal, dude. Uh-huh. Like, like people just don't understand. All they want to talk about is that UMBC loss, and they want to be like, oh, well, well, they're not good enough. Like, no, this team's different. They got yeah, that, was a, Jerome, that was last got, year, you know? Yeah, they got Kyle Guy, DeAndre Hunter, Braxton Key is from Alabama. He's great. Like, uh, I mean, Jay Huff had a stretch of basketball that I've never seen from any from anybody. Yeah. Who I, I mean, b- before that stretch of basketball, I said, well, I've seen Jay Huff play, but like, really, what has Jay Huff done? Like, mm-hmm. he's a shooter, right? And then all of a sudden, he did what he did, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Like Jay Huff is out here like doing that against Duke. So I just don't see Virginia losing that many more games. You know, the only the only real games I see them losing are like maybe to Carolina. Like they might lose a game to Carolina. Like that's, but that might be like the ACC the ACC tournament. Even like I don't see them losing a regular season game. Nah, they're so, they're good. They're a great team. They 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 look good last night. It was always going to be a difficult game for them. I I expected right. I expected Virginia to win last night. To be completely yeah, honest I with did you, too. And, and why wouldn't you? Like Virginia's that good. If Kyle got shoots better from the outside, they probably do win. Yeah, two and, for seven. Do you think Carolina's a team that can, you know, compete for the for the ACC regular season championship? Yeah, dude, absolutely. Like, like if they're four and one right now, and just like Virginia is is another animal, but it's not something Carolina can't do to like beat them. Because outside of Virginia and their shooting, I'm taking Carolina shooting in the ACC. Mm. Like when all three of those guys are clicking, and Kenny's starting to click with his shot. Oh, like yeah. the percentage, the percentage still isn't there, and I don't know if the percentage will be there this this year. But he's starting to click with his shot. Is Carolina goes, a live and die by the three kind of team? Well, that that's a difficult question because Roy doesn't want that to be the case. But they're such a good shooting team that you have to shoot the basketball. But you got to kind of work it in to shooting mid-range jump shots and, and getting it down low to, to your post line. Because Luke can still score on a lot of people down low. And so can Azir. 
like what we've been talking about Nazir getting closer to the basket, and that's why he's been playing well, is because he's getting closer to the basket and he's he's finishing around the rim because he's got really nice touch. Like that, those things matter. Like Garrison Brooks being able to make those type of those type of layups around the basket matters. But you're still gonna get the shots from Kobe White where he pulls up and you know, he pulls up fast and he shoots a three, or you're still gonna get the shot from Cam Johnson when he thinks he's just better than the guy in front of him, and he raises up and, and knocks on a three in front of him. But I, I think Roy would 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 rather have if threes be off of like ball movement and and a transition, like a kick out or an offensive rebound. Obviously, he would. But they're such a good shooting team that you sometimes you've got to shoot the ball when you just think you're better than the other. The other guy in front of you, like I'm okay with Cam Johnson taking the shots he takes. Like mm-hmm. they're not bad shots because it's Cam Johnson. So yeah, maybe they are going to kind of live and die by that three a little bit. I don't think it's going to be a Duke scenario because I think Duke sometimes takes a lot of threes. You know, with RJ Barrett, Jack White, Cam Reddish. I don't know if I see that or even Virginia. Virginia can take a lot of threes, but in terms of the shooters they have on the court, Carolina at at any one time, can have four capable shooters on the court. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking those four capable shooters over a lot of teams in the country. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to find a team that I would take like over them when those guys are clicking. And maybe it's like a, a Gonzaga is the only other team I can think of. I, I mean, I, I guess I had to think about it for a little bit. But, I mean, I really like Carolina shooting. And so fans are complaining about them living and dying by the three. Like, look, if you shoot that well, then, then shoot the basketball. Sometimes it's not going to go in sometimes. But then that's when you have to find a way to get to the basket and to get yourself going. That That's what's going to separate this Carolina team from getting knocked out in the first round of NCAA tournament or the second round or even before, like, an Elite Eight, is when, when the shots aren't falling like they were against Louisville, how can you diversify your game to get to the basket and to get yourself going before you go back outside and shoot? Because there was way too many shots in that Louisville game. You can't shoot what they shot and expect to win that game. No, you can't. And and it was it, that was just like I said. I've said it a few times already, but it was just a just a weird game to say the least, man. And not a game that you really expected Carolina to have. So the problem is they could do that again. I'm not sure if they will. I'm hoping they don't. In terms of just them trying to build their resume and build the respect from the outside looking in because if you're if you're getting beat out I mean that was Roy Williams worst loss at home ever so I mean if you're getting beat like that at home it is it is isn't it like that is so surprising that's when you think about it that's kind of a testament to him the fact that he's never got beat to the greatness of Roy Williams and it's 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 one of those things where you wouldn't think they could have a game like that again but you know especially on the road they've looked good on the road I mean this year they're undefeated but I mean, Carolina could do that again, but I think it's a factor of it, can this team in the next phase of trying to find themselves and trying to build a strong team this year, can they find a way to show up every night and at least compete and, and at least not be outworked? Because a lot of their losses this year, you know, Roy Williams has complained about this team being a little bit outworked on the court, not looking interested. And I remember Carolina teams in the past that were like that too. That's not really anything new. I mean, over the past few years, Carolina has had some games – even the 2017 year, I mean, Carolina goes sounds to Atlanta and got beat in 2017 by yeah, Georgia I was, Tech. I was talking to someone about it. you remember Alvarado like stepped over Joel Berry. Yeah, and like he had an attitude about him that was like, "I'm going to win this game," and Carolina didn't. 
Mm-hmm. And that's just what it comes down to. I also do think, and this isn't a shot at anybody on this Carolina team, do, do we really have a guy who has that attitude? That I don't. I don't. I think Kobe White has a little bit. Has but it, but silent, he's he's young. He's it's young. A silent you know? attitude. It's not. A, I'm going to tell you. I'm better. No, it's not. It's not a Joel Berry type. You know. Yeah, yeah, and, and Joel did that, and that's why Alvarado stepped over. Like Joel, Joel was in Alvarado's face, like saying, "I'm better than you," and then Alvarado steps over and was like, "Dude, like I'm better than you." Mm-hmm. And, and I know people complain about like trash talking and like it's not good for the game. Like it's sports, dude. You, I, I'm, I'm gonna be all for it. Like as long well, as I'm all for it. A certain level, like I'm all for it. Like I really am. I'm all for guys being competitive and doing what they have to do to win. Like I. I was one of the worst athletes ever. Like, terrible athlete. <laughs> and I think you played, like, basketball with me before, Jake. Like, I talk trash. I just do. Yeah, that's I know you do. I, I play basketball with you. I know yeah, you I know I you just, be talking a little bit. That's who I am, dude. And I'm, I'm terrible at it. But I'm, I'm going to let you know when, when I get a bucket on you. Like, it's, it's all fun. Like, it's, it's not. Like, if that's how you got to get yourself going, get yourself going. Like, Leaky actually kind of has a little bit of that attitude. Leaky has that like mentality. Yeah, he, he he said that to Charles Matthew. I think he said something to Charles Matthew in the Michigan game. And then Matthews, of course, like came down and like yammed on him the next possession. I was like, eh, maybe you shouldn't have said something to him. But <laughs> like, you know, someone needs to get that little that little edge, that little attitude. Like I'm better than you. Like when Cam Johnson shoots the ball over someone, I've seen him do this. When when he makes it, I need him to look at that guy and be like, I'm just better than. Dude, he was and doing it in the Gonzaga game all, all night. Yeah, all night he was. And, and look what he did. Like, and I'm not saying change your personality and like talk trash and do all this crap. Like, but I'm just saying at some point you gotta have an edge about you that says, I'm better than you and I'm going to show it on this floor right now. And, and Luke doesn't talk trash, but at some point Luke Luke kind of has that little edge, like, dude, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this guy off the dribble and I'm gonna pull up in his face and I'm gonna make this basket. And it sometimes doesn't work out, and it sometimes does, and that's what makes Luke a good player. Like, you've got to think that you're better than the other guy for you to win. And sometimes I don't see from this Carolina team. And that's what that's what's been lacking in the losses. It really has. Like, like Kerwin Roach did it to him for Texas. Like, I didn't see that edge. I didn't see that I'm better than, than the guy in front of me. Same thing with Michigan. Same thing with Kentucky. Like, Ashton Hagens knew he was better than Carolina that day. And he proved it. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you got to get out at some point. You just got to get out of that own mindset where, like, if the ball isn't going in, like, you got to strap up on defense and you got to, like, want it. And I think this Carolina team can do that, but I just worry that maybe they they don't have the, the, the leader that's going to kind of talk and get everyone going. And I really like that that Cam Johnson. I, I it was on the broadcast, so I'm not I'm not sure what he said, but it looked like he was yelling at someone. It was like a stretch where they hadn't scored, and Cam came down and, and made a bet and made a bucket. And he I I think he basically said like Let's get going. Yeah. Like let's like like, like let's get going. And like that's what I want from these from these seniors. I want Luke May and, and Kenny Williams to say that. You know, I, Kobe's a quiet guy, so Kobe's not going to be the type of guy who's going to say that. Like, it's got to be someone else. And, and you might have to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. And I'm not saying change your personality, but it's okay to get out of your comfort zone and say something like that. And I think that's what's really going to separate this team from 
from where they could be is, is having an attitude like that. And, and, when, and, when, and when adversity hits, having that attitude. And they, they've done that against Miami and, and Notre Dame the last two games. And, and I, I really like it. And, and I think, it, I think it, it's a good sign that maybe it's, it's going in the right direction. Maybe Ward Williams said something to his guys. Like, hey, guys, we got to have this, this leadership, this attitude about we're better than, than some teams when we step on the floor. Like, when, when they step on the floor against Duke, you cannot think that Zion and RJ and Cam and Trey Jones are better than you. Are you going to lose? Yeah. you got to go with the mindset thinking you're better than them. And that's how you're going to win that game. Do you, do you think, final question for you, Brandon, before I let you go, um, you know, Carolina's got that game against Virginia Tech tomorrow, Monday night. Quick turnaround for the Tar Heels. Only a one-day yeah. break. And, Brandon, that's a tough game, man. And I know Virginia – I think Virginia Tech played later yesterday, so they have a little bit less of a, a disadvantage coming in. I know they played – I want to say it was Wake Forest last night. Yeah, it was Wake Forest. Yeah. Um, got a good win over them. But, you know, Virginia Tech's got even less time to prepare. they got to come down to Chapel Hill. Um, what do you – what's your – give me a prediction for that game before I let you go and – and who do you think is coming out on top? Because I've been impressed with Virginia Tech all season. I got one of my good friends um, is, is a Virginia Tech fan, and he's you know kind of been a little bit more laid background and kind of been saying, hey, I mean, they haven't really played and beaten anybody. They played Penn State early in the year and lost to them. and But now, I mean, they've only lost two games this year. They're a good team. They're beating teams. Um, it's going to be a tough game for Carolina. How do you think Carolina fares tomorrow night uh, against the Hokies coming into, into Chapel Hill in the Smith Center? Yeah, I mean, Virginia Tech's one of those teams where look, I really like them. I, I think they could be a Sweet 16 Elite 8 team. Like, that's how good they are. Nikhil Alexander-Walker is is an exceptional sophomore who's just filling up the basket right now at 18.3 points per game. Like, he's just – he can score from all three levels. He's shooting 43% from three. He, he just – he's just – he's just good. And – He's going to be a handful to stop. So is Kerry Blackshear down low. Dustin Robinson is one of the best point guards in, in the ACC. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to think of what the, the score might be. This is going to be a high-scoring game. I think it will be, and, too. And I remember, I remember I had to listen on the radio because I was working one night when I I believe when Virginia Tech and North Carolina played in the Smith Center. It was either, it was either on the road or in the Smith Center. They got blown out last year. Yeah, by, yeah, they did. They did. And... Virginia Tech was just hitting all their threes, and, and that's a team who's going to take those shots. Like they're going to, they're going to shoot the basketball, and if they make them, yeah, they're going, they're going, they're going to look, they're going to look amazing. Like Roy, like it goes back to the cliche I always said, like when shots go in, you look great. Like for, for Virginia Tech, it's very real. It, when shots go in, they look great, but they can also win games ugly. They beat Georgia Tech by like fifty-two to forty-nine or something like yeah. that. You know they can win. They can win some ugly games because of their defense. And I just really like this team, man. I, I think Nikhil Alexander Walker and, and Kerry Blackshear are, are the real deal. And Justin Robinson is one of the best point guards in the league. I agree. And look, his five assists a game with, with twelve points is, is exceptional. And he can also shoot the lights out of the basketball. So I just expect this team, this team to to come in and, and give Carolina a challenge. I'm actually glad it's at, it's at the Smith Center because if this is on the road, I don't miss guarantee um, I'd be leaning more towards a Virginia Tech win just because of, uh, of what Virginia Tech can bring to the table. But since it's a quick turnaround, not a lot of time to prepare. It's probably going to be more based off reactions. 
it's going to be who knocks down enough shots to win. And uh, I guess I'll give, like, uh, I'll say 92 to 80, 82. I think Carolina pulls away late, but I think it's it's a really, really close game for most, for most of the night. And I think they go back and forth and just knock down shots. And it's just a really fun game to watch. Yeah, I think that's a good score prediction. I think it's going to be – don't think it's going to get in the hundreds, but I do I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going to go um, – I'm going to go a little bit closer. I'm going to go Carolina 89, Virginia Tech 82. Seven-point win, a comf- not not super comfortable, but you know even the Miami win wasn't really necessarily comfortable up until the last few minutes when they started pulling away a little bit. So, I mean, Virginia Tech's a good team. I think the quick turnaround is going to affect both teams. It'll just be kind of interesting to see who gets affected more by it. So, yeah. Brandon, I appreciate you coming back on, man. Um, I'm going to get you back on here soon. I want to keep talking ACC with you. Like I say, I keep trying to pump at least one out a week. Uh, I meant to get this one out on Friday, but I had a couple things come up. But, dude, I appreciate you coming back on here. And and uh, I'll definitely get you back on here soon, man, to, uh, to talk some more Carolina hoops. Because, I mean, like I've said, they got Virginia Tech next. And then they've got some uh, some other tough games coming up as well in the ACC. I mean, when you think about it, every game is tough. You got Virginia Tech, then at Georgia Tech, then at Louisville. So, I mean, they're coming up against Louisville again soon. So, I mean, it doesn't get any easier for North oh, Carolina. No. So, the uh, revenge tour, the revenge tour is yeah, man, that's gonna be a fun one. That's gonna be a fun one. Yeah, and it's all love, man. I, I'm glad you had me on. I, you know, I love talking about. it. ACC basketball, but especially Carolina hoops. That's my that was really my first love in terms of being a sports fan, and and I can't get enough of it, dude. And I and I, I appreciate you having me on, dude. I I, I really appreciate it. No, nah, dude, ain't no problem, man. I'll get you back on here very soon, and um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Carolina continues to do, and just interesting to see how the uh, ACC continues to play out. But uh, thanks for coming on, Brandon, and uh, we'll get you on here again soon, man.